Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. From Luminary, this is Karamo, a podcast. Hey friends, welcome to Karamo. I'm your host, Karamo. And on this episode, I am talking about policing people's language. We live in a day and age where by saying one thing, you will be canceled by the world, which many people feel is what's adding to the great divide we see in our world. Everyone is afraid to share their point of view. So my question is, has policing people's language gone too far? We all have different feelings on this topic. And so today I'm going to be talking to Shannon, who contacted me on social media, who's dealing with this issue. Also, I'll be talking to comedian Fortune Feimster, who's going to share their feelings as a comedian on people policing other people's language, while also opening up about her personal life. And we will be hearing from some of you who called in to share your feelings on this topic, because everyone's feelings on my show are always welcome. So without further ado, let's start talking and growing, friends. Shanna, I got to just tell you, thank you so much for speaking with me. I want to know a little bit about you. Oh, yeah, so, sure. So tell me about yourself. Well, my name's Shannon. I'm yes. a senior in college. I go to Montclair. Nice. I'm an English major. And I just recently came out last year in Thanksgiving to my parents as bisexual. Um, but everyone's accepting, which is really great. That's nice. um, generally, everyone in my life has been accepting. I haven't really experienced much like negativity towards my coming out yet. Words mean a lot to you. Yeah, definitely. You know, like going into publishing. I know that you right now in a challenging spot because you were on social media and a friend of yours said something. Tell us what they said so they said the f word and for context they said it within a video explaining why we should not say it Mm -hmm. so and by f word for everyone who's listening it's the word that is usually used to be derogatory towards people in the lgbtqia community yeah especially i think they mostly use it for men but it's that word right Mm mm-hmm Based on the context, it was clear that they understood what they were saying, the weight of that word itself, and they didn't mean like any ill will by saying it. But it was still triggering to me to hear someone I care so deeply about, someone who I lived with for the past year, like one of the first people I came out to and trusted with all of these things I was keeping so close and intimate to myself, um, use language that hurt me and my community and even if it was used in a positive way to promote people to stop using that word, the word itself was still triggering to me. So my immediate reaction was like panic, sweating, shaking, like very upset. And I was able to calm down and my reaction immediately wasn't to like attack them in our group chat or anything, but just to send them a direct message and say, 
I was uncomfortable by this for X, Y, and Z reason. Would you consider taking the video down? And what were the, I think it's good for people to understand the context of it. What mm -hmm. were the reasons that you were uncomfortable with it since you stated that you understood their intention was to educate? I, it wasn't what I expected at all, uh, considering the context of the video. I it, it caught me very off guard, so um, I was really blindsided by it. And my like initial reaction being anxiety and panic. In your point of view, what could they have said for that video? And I'm not trying to get word for word, yeah. but you know, what do you think they could have said to express the same thought? but without using that word. The video itself would have been fine without the use of the word. They were like explaining very specifically why it's offensive and why it hurts people. But what do you think their intention was? Thinking about the video, like it was not meant to be hurtful or to hurt anybody. And I don't necessarily think that the use of the word was evil. What made me react was my reaction yeah, to it. Yeah, of course, of course. And your reaction is valid. So you said now you called this friend, or what did you say? So I basically explained why it was so upsetting to me, and they responded by saying, I kind of feel hurt and feel as if you're calling me homophobic, which I was very specifically trying not to. Mm -hmm. And are they a member of the LGBTQIA no, community? No, but okay. um, like I said, they were my roommate. I've known them to be like a good ally and generally accepting. Wow, so this is a different perspective. Yeah. So it was someone who's not a member of the community then using a word to defend the community that is hurtful to the community. That actually brings more layers and context to why you would also feel the anxiety. The only reason I like reached out in the first place was because I love and respect this person and I want to be able to have an open conversation about something that makes me uncomfortable, which I thought that we could do. You know, we'd been roommates. We've had like arguments in the past and been able to work through them. Nothing quite as personal as this, but I thought that our relationship was good enough that we would be able to talk about it and have an open conversation. But after the second text I sent, the next text from them was basically like, I understand if you need to unfollow me and I understand if we can't be friends anymore. Wow. And that was it. So they went to a place of finality. Like yeah. it's done yeah. instead of, having a conversation with yeah you. and that last text to me sounded more like that's what they already wanted in the first place like suggesting that if this is too much for you we can stop being friends to me just said like let's just stop being friends like they were giving up yeah at this point this friend has basically and i'm using the term friend loosely and the reason i'm using that term friend loosely is because through my education what i know to be true is that friendships are built on respect, mm -hmm. consideration, and trust that right. you'll work through the hard times. Mm -hmm. And in this instance, respect went out the window, right. consideration went out the window, mm -hmm. and a trust that you can work through um, and have those hard conversations has also went out the window. So I, I'm using the term friend lightly <laughs> in this situation. Mm -hmm. You asking them to watch their language has inadvertently caused you to lose a friend. Right. I first and foremost would like to have a real conversation, probably in person. It's not easier for them to just shut it down like they did. Yeah, I think talking face to face is always better when you're talking about a hard situation like this mm -hmm. um, and being able to get everything out in the open together. A little bit more consideration for my feelings would probably be a big one. It was like very invalidating to hear someone that I love, first of all, using the language and second of all, just brushing me off and saying, like, it's my account, it's not your business. Yeah. So I would ask, I guess, a little bit more empathy and consideration, mm -hmm. especially because I feel as if I've been able to hold up my end of that bargain this whole time. Yeah. Why do you want to maintain a friendship with someone who could use language that is hurtful? Until this point, we've had a like very two-way street kind of relationship where we would lean on each other. 
and it wasn't so one-sided as this. More recently, this person's been like going through a hard time. So when I think back, part of me is I probably didn't need to say this right now, and it's probably the last thing that they wanted to deal with today if they're going through a whole lot. But I would like to think that they would have the respect to say, like, can we talk about this at a later time when we can do it face to face? Because of the hard time that they're going through, I think that they're changing a lot because of that. And I think who they were before, like all of this chaos started happening for them, they probably would have said, let's sit down and talk about this and have an open conversation. I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. No matter what someone else is going through, it doesn't mean you have to compromise what you need. But based on what you said, it sounds as if you went with this in an empathetic way. You've offered them an opportunity to talk about their feelings and perspective and your feelings and perspective. Mm -hmm. But they decided to instead dismiss what you're feeling and move on. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that there's ever a space to cut someone off. I don't think that's a healthy behavior. I do believe it's important to find closure. Part of the closure you have to find is remembering that you've done nothing wrong in this situation. Mm-hmm. But in this instance, I actually think where there is someone who is outside of a community who's using a word to try to defend that community is backwards. Mm-hmm. Think of someone who is white using the N-word to defend people who are African-American. It it seems absurd. You would never be someone who's white who believes in equal rights saying, don't call my friends N-words because you're you're saying the word. Mm -hmm. It's hurtful. It it brings up a lot of mixed emotions. And so in this sense, I think that there was no policing of language. It was more so about a conversation of empathy and saying, can we talk to each other about why this is hurtful to me and how we can grow? you're also holding on to a past relationship. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we had many years where they were actually great, but now they're knocking me over the face with their harmful words. Mm -hmm. I don't need to give you permission. And I think you already know what you need to do to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. Right? For sure. What 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 would you say you need to do? Keep the conversation open if they want to have a good conversation about it. But otherwise, ball is in their court. Yep. I've done all that I can. Yep. And I just have to figure out how to let it go from <laughs> my head. Release that <laughs> guilt. Yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. While I have you here, can I ask you some something else? Yeah. It just was on my mind because I think you're the youngest person I've ever had on my really? show. Yeah, because you're, you're 20, right? Yes. Yes. We're in a space now where things change rapidly. Mm-hmm. How do you think the conversation should be approached so that people don't feel left behind and don't feel as if they're always walking on eggshells? I think that there needs to be a lot of room for error. Like I had a conversation with my mother the other day about this situation and she right off the bat said, I'm still learning about like what's going on too. And if I say anything offensive, like I would love for you to come talk to me about it and like teach me. So I think that it is a two-way street and we need to allow room for error and like this whole canceled culture maybe should take a step back and allow more room for people to learn from their mistakes. And especially with social media, everyone's making mistakes so loudly now and so publicly. So I think we need to have a little more forgiveness in that regard. Do you think that your generation, specifically speaking for yours, because I would speak for mine, Mm -hmm. we can't talk for everyone, but do you think your generation actually gives allowance to people to grow and learn? Or do you think they're, because of social media, feel more empowered to say, forget you, you get one try and now you're done? 
I think there's like a good mix of things, which makes me hopeful that we can lean more towards the forgiveness. And it's hard to say one way or another if we're like more forgiving or less forgiving. But there's definitely a lot of clouding with all of that noise with people pulling up all of this old stuff or even just like canceling people and not being willing to hear what they have to say. Yeah. I think it goes the other way as well. I think the older generation needs to be willing to learn as well as we are willing to forgive. I think there's a learning curve for both sides of that. And I think patience is the key to all of that. Agreed. Just giving each other the room to explore and learn and figure things out, ask questions, give answers, all of that good stuff. As much as someone is willing to forgive, you have to be willing to educate yourself as well. You know, I tell people all the time, Google is available to everybody. <laughs> so it is on your phone, iPhone, Samsung, whatever the case may be. You can Google and pull up different perspectives mm-hmm. right in the comfort of your home. And sometimes it always doesn't mean you have to wait for someone to have to want to cancel you mm-hmm. before you find out like, oh, Maybe I should educate myself. Right. And I think that it takes time for us just to say, oh, if I hear in the news or if I hear people talking about a subject, I might have given an opinion a while back on something that might have been hurtful to others. Mm -hmm. So why don't I educate myself so that I can include myself in the conversation? Right. Or find someone who is open Mm -hmm. to learning with me and growing with me so that we can grow together. Right. Well, I appreciate your honesty and good luck with this again, loosely based friend Mm -hmm. because they haven't really shown you what true friendship is. And, you know, seeing your beautiful girlfriend in the (laughs) lobby, I think that you have a nice support system around you. For sure. I think calling is always great or in person is even better. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you, Shannon, for coming. Thank you so much. We always preach like, oh, freedom of speech, freedom of speech. But everybody in today's society is so worried about being politically correct as a decent human being. Like you should have been raised and know to not say certain things. I think people use a lot of language for the purpose of being offensive in today's age. And it's not right. I think that the focus on the language itself is the wrong thing to focus on. I think we need to be more mindful of being respectful and policing ourselves, I guess. If you are the type of person where you think about what you say anyway, as long as you're respectful to people around you, it shouldn't be something that you worry about and it shouldn't be an issue. And we just live with people who don't keep that in mind. Friends, my next guest is a very funny and talented woman. She was an entertainment journalist turned full-time writer and comedian. You know her from her e-hit show, Chelsea Lately, or from the Mindy Project on Hulu. Give it up for my homie in my head, Fortune Feimster. How you doing, boo? Karama, I'm so good. It's such a pleasure to be talking to you. Such a pleasure. I've been a fan of yours for a very, very long time. I have to tell you that I watched you on Kelly Clarkson. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And when you sat between Norman Lear and when he turned to you at the end of that interview and said, hey, we should create a sitcom together. Please (laughs) tell me that the legend Norman Lear is producing a sitcom with you or that we're at least starting a petition or harassing him. Where where is that? He definitely wants to. Uh, he and I ended up meeting a couple weeks after that. They, uh, he and 
the person that runs his company had me come in and we met for, we talked for like an hour and a half and, you know, he's such a lovely guy. And honestly, it's just a matter of like, what would the idea be? But, you know, he kind of, he kept saying like, I really want to do something. I've just got to figure out what it is. I'm like, yeah, me too. (laughs) So as soon as, as soon as an idea comes along, I, you know, who knows, but he's, he's so nice. And it was such a cool thing to just get to sit there and talk with him. You grew up in the South and you always discussed how supportive your mother was, especially when it came to your sexuality. Yes. I recall you sharing that she even spoke up and walked out of a Methodist church on your behalf. <laughs> Tell me about that moment and how it made you feel. To sort of backtrack for a second, my mom is the president of my hometown P Flag, uh, mm-hmm. which is uh, the uh, parents and friends organization. They're, they're basically gay allies. She lives in North Carolina, so it's a place where it's very much needed. Uh, she gets phone calls and emails a lot from from parents who've gotten their, her number, and you know they've said my my kids come out as gay or trans or 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 whatever the case is, and they go, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to handle this and their group kind of you know helps teaches them how to show acceptance towards their child and she's really bridging a lot of gaps there and uh so my mom is also southern so that means she goes to church every weekend uh but you know (laughs) no weekdays in there because in my childhood it was like a wednesday would pop in possibly a monday too we're methodist so so we're not as hardcore as uh as some of the other places in town who do meet several times a week <laughs> but she goes every sunday and uh and the methodist church i don't know how long ago it was six months a year i'm not sure if it, they voted on uh whether or not to allow gay people to hold church positions and you know whether they could be ministers and it did not pass so gay people could not uh serve in the church and 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 hold certain positions and uh, it really split a lot of people in the church. They thought, you know, uh, some people were very happy about it. A lot of people were not happy about it. And my mom, obviously, being a, a, a gay supporter, was very upset. And she she was talking to me on my podcast about how, you know, she thought she needed to leave the church. And she didn't think it was right. And, you know, she was willing to do that for me and, and, and people like me. But I said to her, I said, I'd rather you stay. Uh, because uh, then you your acceptance shows them uh, how to be, and if 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 you're if people like you aren't there, then they're just you know all co- carbon copies of each other, and they never learn about acceptance, and they never learn the importance of it. But I think you could do more good being a part of that and showing them a different way. I look at our political divide right now, and I'm always like. The reason that there are a group of people who are so founded in what I consider to be ignorance is because the other side who has the ability to say, hey, here's my perspective, we're not talking to each other. Right. So if you leave a group of people to be to their vices, everything they say is going to become the truth. And if there's no voice or voices in there to challenge them and to say, let's hear each other out, but also let's swap opinions. Yeah then nothing changes. And that's powerful that you had the foresight to be like, nah, ma, don't leave. Yeah. Because if you leave, then, you know, your voice goes. And now there's not going to be anyone there to sort of check or challenge what they're saying. Yeah. 
And I, and I sort of approach my comedy like that in the same way. I never wanted to be a comic who only, I, I didn't want my comedy to only serve gay people. I, I, I want gay people to watch it and enjoy it. And I want it to mean something for them and help our community. But I never set out to just entertain one audience. For me, I want, I wanted my comedy to be everywhere. And, you know, I have had conservative people email me and say, you know, I wasn't expecting to like you. And, uh, and I laughed the whole time and I go, that's awesome. That's all. I want that. I want people who might not know a gay person or who might not know what, you know, there are lots of different sides of me. I want them to see that I'm no different than, you know, whoever else just because of my sexuality. So again, if I can, if I can, get people to be more accepting through laughing great it's amazing do you think that policing people's language has gotten out of control man uh, that's such a tough one for me because as a uh, as a comic you know i think comics want to be able to say what they want to say and then find out from the audience if they went too far and and if the audience reacts in a way that's like oh we don't like that then you as a comic go oh okay not that that's not a good thing to say I'm gonna walk back from that and let me go down this different path it's hard because sometimes you don't know where the line is you and unfortunately some people find it out the hard way Mm -hmm. and so I think for someone like me I've just tried to be more careful not in a not in terms of like I want to be more careful because I don't want to get in trouble I want to be more careful because I want to be more respectful. Yeah. Sometimes we, we've all said offensive things and we don't, we honestly didn't mean it. We just didn't know any better. I am not above learning and being corrected. I, I certainly don't want to say things just to say outrageous things or to be offensive. That's not my style at all. And I certainly don't want to say things that, are negative towards other people and and are offensive, no matter what, you're going to offend someone. It is Mm -hmm. so hard to speak and not have someone say, oh, well, I didn't like that fat joke you told because I'm fat and I don't feel good about it like you feel good about it. And then you go, well, I, I don't, I can't not say my truth because it might mean something different for you. You know what mm, I mean? So yeah. it's a very fragile line right now. And I think we're all just trying to figure it out. And I don't think really, honestly, anyone has the, the full answer. Well, we live in a cancel culture now where people immediately just jump to you're, you said something, you're wrong. Do you think that we're missing that educational empathy that people should have? 100%. I mean, listen, of course there are certain people who they're saying offensive things left and right and they'll never learn. And you're like, ugh, I, I don't know what to do with you. You're not you're not even making the effort to, to try to be better. But, you know, how many of us haven't put our foot in our mouth? I mean, and and when you're in a in a world of live streaming and everything's right to the internet in your Twitter and I mean, who doesn't make mistakes? Mm -hmm. Everyone makes mistakes. I've done stuff in the past. I've made you know I've done jokes or sketches where now I I cringe. You go, oh my god, what was I thinking? But honestly, ten years ago, 
I might not have known better. Yeah. Then maybe I met someone that I that joke was about, or you know, in a, and then I was educated, and I go, oh, now I know better, and I'm not going to do that. We have to give each other room to grow and to learn. And uh, if you if you tell people you have to be perfect 24 seven, you cannot make a mistake, or you are done like like then where where do you grow yeah agreed i certainly you know i've seen plenty of people do things where you go oh man i can't believe i wish they hadn't done that oh and they might have to deal with the cons those consequences but at least allow them to learn from it how do you feel about social media and this sort of like mob mentality and now Everyone has the ability to say anything and everything to anyone that they want. Yeah, listen, it's great for people to be able to ha have a platform to share their opinions and for them to be heard. I mean, it it should it shouldn't just be you know celebrities that get to say their um, two cents. Um, but you know the mob the mob mentality is scary to me because <laughs> none of us know when we're gonna. Any of us can be on the other end of that. And, yeah. and when, when you join the mob, you're forgetting that you could very well be that person a year from now, two years from now. And to think that you're uh, so above reproach is, you know, to me, that's just an impossible standard to achieve. And so I try to avoid the mob stuff. <laughs> Please. I just, I'm like, what you want is for people to try to be the best version of themselves they can be, uh, but also have some room for growth and for learning. You know, we're all very quick to judge, and it's so easy with the social media to put that judgment out immediately. And maybe we don't always have the full facts, the full stories. Anytime I read any headline or any news story, I try to wait at least a day or two Sometimes a lot of times I don't, but if I do weigh in, I try to wait because usually there's a follow up. <laughs> oh, we didn't know all the facts. Here are all the things. I, I like practical tips people can take away. And when you hear things like when a headline that's sensational comes out, instead of jumping on a bandwagon and speaking immediately and just wait a day or two allows you to gain all the facts where you can assess, do I really need to be tearing this person down or is there a possibility that here's an opportunity for me to teach them? Sometimes you wait a day and, and the facts are still there. Like that thing is still as bad as it was a day ago. Okay, then now you know, like you're, you're informed now. But, you know, I, I've seen a lot of people jump to conclusions or really go off on certain headlines or stories and then you find out in two days it was a whole different thing. And then you've now lost credibility yeah. as a thinker or, <laughs> or as a performer. What, I don't know. Is that what we're calling people you know on Twitter I mean? now? The thinkers? <laughs> thinkers. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you, if you're just like every time you see a headline, you, you like your head explodes and you throw it all out on social media. You're just like, then the next time something happens, people are like, oh, this person just flies off the handle at everything. The unfortunate part is we live actually in a time where the more you fly out the handle, the more audience you get. Yeah, you get a lot of attention. Friends, make sure to support Fortune by checking out her podcast, Sincerely Fortune. And I just watched your Netflix special, Sweet and Salty, and it was the funniest Aww. thing ever. So everyone, please check that out. 
Fortune, thank you so much for being on my podcast today. Thank you. And uh, thank you for all that you do for the community and for people and bringing a lot of uh, joy and light to everyone as well. When it comes to policing people's language, I think that there's cultural effects as well because I've worked with some British people who use certain terminology freely and openly like it's no big deal. Like Americans find it very offensive. In this day and age, we do have to be careful with what we say, especially with social media and the internet. It's more policing yourself, I guess, than letting somebody else police what you're saying. I have a younger sibling, so he's of the millennial generation, so they have a different way of speaking their vocabulary. But I have to say that I am learning from him. I want to learn and be educated and not pass that down to the next generation. I want to thank Fortune for coming on the show and sharing her feeling on policing others' language and for sharing so much about her own personal life. I also want to thank Shannon and everyone who else called in for sharing their feelings as well. At the end of the day, vicious and hurtful language should never be tolerated. But we need to leave space for people to learn and grow without canceling them every single time. If someone says something that is not politically correct, give them an opportunity to learn, to grow, to be educated. Also, allow a respectful conversation to happen where everyone is hearing each other's sides. But you have to remember, if they are trying to learn and be better, it may take some time, so we need to be patient. But empathy and real conversations are what we need to see a better tomorrow for all of us. Friends, as always, thank you for listening and growing with me. Make sure to hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Karamo to let me know your feelings about today's episode. So next time, take care of yourself and each other. Karamo, a podcast, is an entertainment show. For advice or support on any emotional or mental challenges, please contact a licensed professional in your town. This show was produced by Karamo, Nick Pinella of Workhouse Media, and assisted by Ellie Charles. All music composed by Ernie Wooden and the Big Woozy Band, and all episodes are edited by Nathan Moody. Thank you for listening and growing with us. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.